Why is it the same repetitive mistakes continue to rob salespeople of more commission checks, regardless of industry, size of company, or region of the globe? These same inhibitors are holding us back from reaching our full potential. Amongst many industry awards, Ian Selby achieved the accolade of top salesperson in the world at Apple. And in this podcast, he will discuss the issues that sales professionals encounter from his own experiences, confessing to the problems he has endured and how he overcame them, giving the benefit of his wisdom to everyone listening who work in the world of sales. To help you, he will reveal strategies to overcome the issues hurting salespeople and helping you reach new levels of sales success. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins. With your host, Ian Selby. Welcome to Confessions of a Sales Pro. My very special guest this week is a gentleman by the name of Andy Fry, author of The Trust Paradigm in Scottsdale, Arizona. After working for other consulting organizations for over 10 years, Andy founded Qantas Consulting Corp. in May of 2008, a consulting organization focused on Oracle tools and applications, which he continues to operate. His career and life experiences prompted him to recognize that some individuals separate themselves from others by identifying and executing patterns which result in high levels of achievement. He's been inspired to find models and processes that provide repeatable success by analyzing the interactions of others as well as by using his own experience. And he searches for methods to nurture relationships and to enhance thought processes and behaviors which helps others improve their careers. He shares his content and findings through the consultingplaybook.com, which is a site he founded to provide tools and information to help others improve their careers. Andy is also a co-host of the Art of Consulting podcast, which discusses various topics which affect the consulting profession. The focus of this week's session is on Andy's latest book, The Trust Paradigm. Andy, welcome to the podcast today. Thanks, Ian. Thanks for having me. I know you're busy. I've got lots of things uh, going. The world's opening up again, and we're all getting back to it. Uh, so thank you on behalf of the listeners for, for taking the time today and, and sharing uh, your wisdom and experience. I, I always love to ask authors, uh, maybe you could tell our listeners a little bit, Andy, about your journey to becoming an author. Yeah, well, I never thought I would write a book. Like if we go back, you know, 20 years, I don't think I ever thought I would write a book. But what happened as I was going through and, and, and looking at my consulting career, I realized, and even, even in my youth, I realized that uh, I, I was really fortunate to have a lot of people mentor me throughout my career. And, and in consulting, I was really fortunate to have a lot of um, mentors, both formal and informal, just people kind of sharing advice and tips you know, as I was going through my career and, and I still have that with, with people sharing information with me. And what I wanted to do was share some of the things that I've seen and some of the things that I, you know, as I executed my consulting career that, you know, were different than what I thought going in. So I, I wrote, um, the consultant's code was my first book and I, I wrote that and, and I really wanted to, to do it more from a mentorship perspective because, you know, writing books was a, a little bit, a little bit easier to publish books today than it was, let's say, previously. So I wanted to get that out. And then, uh, you know, my last book here, The Trust Paradigm, was the same. I wanted to share the thoughts that, that I've seen and, and, and the, the experience that I had and just more from a mentorship and just to, just to try to 
share that information with others. That's fantastic, Andy. And and, and what a book it is, The Trust Paradigm. I, I whole, wholeheartedly endorse it. Uh, I'm on Chapter 5 right now, and I can't put it down. So it's, uh, you listeners, you better get your hands on it. Uh, trust, and that's a huge thing in life and business and families and friends. Uh, it, it's a huge, huge element to any relationship. Andy, in your experience, and, and you've got great experience at this, what makes up trust? Yeah, so there's four components of trust, which is uh, cr- uh, credibility, authenticity, reliability, and empathy. But and so those are the components that make up trust. But there, but what I talk about a lot in the book is, and what I try to tie together is um, the three directions of trust. And the three directions of trust, if we think of any relationship, um, there's really there, there's really there, there's always three directions of, of trust that's going on. And, and so I'll just maybe break it down from even a a sales perspective, if somebody's trying to sell an idea or a product or a service, uh, you know, as a, when you're trying to make that sale, you want the other party, let's say the customer who's ever receiving that, that information, who you want to, you know, uh, do that interaction with, you want them to trust you. So, you know, it, it's clear going in, you want them to, to trust you, but so that's one, one direction of trust. But, we also have to trust the, the, the other party. So again, if we're selling a service or a product, we also want to make sure that the customer, we, we can trust the customer. Are they the decision maker? Are they going to follow through with what they say? Can they afford what, what we're talking about? Are they the right person to actually speak to about this? And so we actually have to have trust in them as well. And then the, the third uh, direction of trust in any relationship. So the first one is, you know, ha- having, you know, uh, having others trust us, which is a big one, us trusting others. Uh, but the third one, which is really the foundation of, of the directions of trust, and really all trust is built on it, is how we trust ourselves. And the, the biggest thing, I, I always think of it like a triangle where our self-trust is the bottom part of the triangle, the, the uh, horizontal part of the triangle. That's really the foundation of all trust. And if we don't have trust in ourselves, then what happens is we often will overcompensate in other areas. And it may come out as arrogance. It may come out as being aloof. Um, it may come out as aggression. There may be a lot of different things where it comes out at in very subtle ways sometimes. But having trust in ourselves is really the foundation for, for all trust. And so I really, you know, I, I focus a lot on, on the book. And, and even when I talk about trust, is those directions of trust and being able to see those interactions and those directions while we're having a re- an interaction, a relationship with another person to enhance the trust, to build the trust and, and maintain it. That's fascinating. I love those three directions. In summary, again, listeners, uh, we want to be trusted by the customer or the other party in the relationship. We want to be able to trust them. So a trust is a two-way street. But I love, Andy, what you said about the foundation. And we need to trust ourselves. And uh, that might even be the hardest one of all three of those is to, to have that belief and trust in ourselves. Why is trust so important, Andy? Well, it, it, opportunities are all based on trust, and so any, oppor- any any opportunities we receive in our lives, they're all they're all based on trust. So unless we're going to take an opportunity through force or manipulation or some sort of nefarious reason or, or method. Uh, Opportunities are based on trust. 
And if we think of even a simple analogy of driving a vehicle, so that the, the, the ability to, to, to drive a car, um, it's based on trust. If, he, if we're going to drive it legally, we need to have a driving license, a driver's license. So the state or the province or whoever manages the, uh, the, the, the Department of Vehicles issues a driver's license to an individual and says, you know, you're, you are capable, you've, you've passed the requirements to drive and you're permitted to drive. Uh, so that's the first stage of trust uh, that we actually are getting, given a, a driver's license. But then when we get into a car and we're driving, we have to trust that, you know, in North America, that the drivers or wherever somebody is, the North America drivers drive on the right-hand side of the road, that all the drivers are going to abide by the, by the rules of the road, that the street lights are set up so that if we have a green light, that the other directions of traffic have a, have a red light. Um, that our car isn't just going to blow up in flames, uh, that, that the police are going to enforce the rules. There's a lot of trust that is embedded into uh, even an action uh, of, of being able to drive a car. So when you look at opportunities that we get as, as human beings, they are based on trust. If we're aware of them or not, and if we are, we are even conscious of it, or if it's just kind of embedded, uh, just kind of delegated our trust uh, you know, again, thinking we, we delegate our trust to the police that they're going to, uh, arrest, you know, charge people who, who don't follow the rules and the court system is going to, uh, inf- enforce those rules. Um, if I use a really quick example of when people lose that trust is on New Year's Eve, right? Many people choose not to go out on New Year's Eve because of the concern of potentially people driving where, while they are maybe had a few too many drinks. So people then say, at that point in time, I don't trust that the drivers are, are, are safe or that there are, is, a, is a handful of drivers and I can't take that risk. So they choose to stay home. So when we look at it, you know, when we look at it, people are making a conscious choice based on that, that, that information they're given to take that opportunity to stay home rather than the opportunity to go out. So all opportunities that we get, if it's the right to work or if it's the right to uh, sell to a client, it's all based on trust. Trust is, is such a critical aspect. And, and you know, when you have it, it's, it's to be nurtured and honored. Uh, and when you lose it, whoa, that can be a, a problem. Um, what are yes. some of the benefits of implementing the steps in the trust paradigm, Andy? Yes. So when we, when we think of ourselves as human beings, you know, we, we are, we're a living organism on this planet, just like everybody, you know, every other living organism. So, you know, most human beings, we want to go out and we want to maximize our opportunities and we want to minimize our, our threats or minimize our, the hazards that we're going to experience. You know, some might say, well, we want to maximize pleasure. We want to minimize pain. Well, we really want to, you know, if we're running a business, we want to, to, to maximize those opportunities that we have in front of us. And we want to, again, minimize those hazards. But the big thing that, that, that's really the, the underlying kind of uh, thread through that is the fact that we're vulnerable. As, again, as a, as a human being, we are vulnerable, you know, when we go and, and go out and, and live our lives. And so, when we, when we think of the vulnerability and we think of those directions of trust, that salesperson who wants to make that sale, they want the, the customer to trust them. 
because they're vulnerable. They want to make the sale. They want to make money. They, they want to be able to provide for their families and their, and their future. The customer is vulnerable. They don't want to buy something that isn't going to work, right? And then as, as we, you know, so that's that other side of that direction. And then lastly, again, when we, again, when we put ourselves out there, when we go and we present, when we go to sell, when we go to uh, stick our neck out and try something new, we're, we're vulnerable. And so, you know, when we do that, we, again, there's, uh, we, we want to trust ourselves so that we can go out and take that opportunity. And when we, when we look at this, when we say, when we talk about trust and building those components of trust, it doesn't mean that we're not nervous, right? It, being, you know, having trust, having strong directions of trust doesn't remove nervousness and, and some anxiety. But, but what it does do is it puts us in a position to better take advantage of those opportunities and those hazards and, and, and avoid those hazards. We can't avoid all of them. And we can't, you know, we will never fully maximize every opportunity that comes our way. But understanding that that, that, those, that trust is embedded in every relationship allows us to better uh, manage those, those threats and, and, and take advantage of those opportunities. When, when I say take advantage, not in a, a, a greedy, manipulative way, just as those, those opportunities are there, we want, to, we want to maximize those as best we can. Absolutely. And I, I love what you said, Andy, about there is vulnerability. There is risk. And, and sure, we can get nervous and have some anxiety around uh, the process of what, what it is we're trying to do and establish trust with someone. I guess that comes back to trusting yourself, not in an arrogant mm -hmm. way, as you said. But, you know, in a sort of balanced way that, yes, I can do this. I, I've got this. And, you know, lead by example. If you want to be trusted, be trustworthy. And uh, yes. I love what you're talking about. I mean, trust. Everyone's got an experience with trust and maybe mistrust. In your experience, Andy, what are some misconceptions of trust? Yeah, I think there's a... There's a, there's a few that always come to mind whenever I talk about trust that kind of, that always come up. And, you know, one, one is that there's, there's trust or there's distrust or mistrust or, or that there's one or the other that you either trust someone or you, or you don't trust them. And what I found was, especially with the components of trust, um, you know, credibility, authenticity, reliability, and empathy, um, the reason why the, those four components are there is because let's say somebody's very credible, so they they have this they, they have the skills and they're able to do what they say they can. Um, so they have the they they have the ability to do what they say they can, and they're really good at it. But let's say they're constantly late, or they they actually don't deliver the product that you expected. So they have the ability to, but they just didn't. What happens is, and we often find this with when we're you know if you're a parent. You might have that with your, with your kids, right? Like they, they have the ability to do things, but they just might not do it to the level that you expect, or they might not do it when you expect, when, when you, when you expect it to be done. So when we look at that, we can then say, look, we might, we might say, well, I, I, I don't trust them, but really it's, it's the reliability portion that's missing. And so the, our relationships, you know, one, one misconception is that idea that it's just trust or distrust or mistrust. And really, those components fit in there, and that's where the management comes of the of trust. Is that you know we can we can violate one of those components, and we and we do it in our daily lives. Like you know, I do it myself, where I sit, tell somebody, "Oh, I'll be I'll be you know I'll just be five minutes." Well, I know it's going to be fifteen. I know it might even be an hour. But you say five minutes, kind of just to, to push the person off. Well, 
am I really being honest and am I, am I being reliable by saying that? Well, no, I really should say, you know what? I need an hour. How about I call you back later? And because that's where the components are. doesn't mean that I, I don't have a good intention, but, but it is still that. So I think that knowing that it's not just trust or, or, or distrust, that those components play a major role. So I think that's one. Um, another one I, I think is that, that somebody is untrustworthy. And untrustworthy meaning like completely untrustworthy. And what I found after doing research and writing it and what, and, and really kind of living this out is that most, I don't know that there's many people that are completely untrustworthy. I think that people who are completely untrustworthy are, are likely in prison because they have, haven't been able to follow any guidelines or any rules. Um, you know, sometimes we use those terms to say, you know, that person, I, I, I can't trust that person or that person's completely untrustworthy. We're really saying they haven't lived up to the, my expectations. And when we look at this, we, 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 if we take a step back and say, where are we missing it? You know, again, where, where, are, where is this person not meeting the levels of trust for me? Now, that doesn't mean that the relationship can be salvaged. It may be that you need to still move on. It may be that, there, that maybe that you can salvage the relationship or work in different areas or give the person maybe some support. Uh, but it's understanding that, you know, what I found is that, um, that in most cases, people are not 100% untrustworthy, even though we might feel like it and we might say it and we might be hurt and, are, and emotionally kind of hurt from what somebody does. Often it's, you know, I, you know, when we look at the situation, it's just that somebody has violated one of those components. Makes so much sense. And, and Andy, it's brilliant that you've got a framework, the components of trust. And so if something's not on, it's worth inspecting the components on what part of it. I mean, your, your example of reliability is a huge one. If someone's repeatedly, you know, not, not reliable, the, the, the instant uh, thought I would get in my mind is, I don't know, I don't think I can trust that individual. When really it's a reliability issue and, and perhaps, uh, you know, one of those, you know, courageous conversations need to be had with the, that individual to, to work on the re reliability aspect. Love what you're, uh, what you've been talking about, Andy. And again, thank you so much and all on behalf of all our listeners today and myself uh, for sharing your wisdom on the topic of the trust paradigm. Now, Andy, how can our listeners reach out to get a hold of you? So I'm a, I'm still old school. So, I mean, I'm, I'm on the different uh, social media platforms, but I'm still kind of an old school guy. So, uh, somebody wants to get a hold of me, they can email me at Andy at AndyFry.com. Uh, so Fry is spelled F-R-Y. So it's Andy at AndyFry.com. That's probably the easiest place to reach me. Um, you, can, you can also reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, find me there. Uh, or you know, if you want to, you know, uh, purchase one of my books, it's on Amazon. And I also speak on trust as well. I speak, speak on trust uh, to organizations around uh, building trust, uh, developing it, you know, understanding the components of it so that organizations and groups can be, can be, can better manage it among their, among their teams. So if somebody's interested in that, they definitely can reach out to me and email me and we can talk. That's fantastic. Andy, certainly I want to thank you very much, sir, for taking the time today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Ian. I really appreciate it. And, and, uh, thanks for the time. And I'm, I'm really grateful for the, uh, the opportunity to speak to you and your listeners. 
Once again, my, my special guest today has been Andy Fry, author of The Trust Paradigm in Scottsdale, Arizona. Thanks again, Andy. And thank you for listening to Confessions of a Sales Pro. If you have found this episode informative and helpful, we would be honored and appreciative if you would share this podcast with other great salespeople like yourself. And we look forward to you joining us for all new episodes weekly, every Thursday. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. If you'd like us to help you grow your sales commissions, visit us at salesmentoryou.com. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins. With Ian Selby.